BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. But it developed character, work ethic, and a story. Like, don't nobody want to hear, I woke up, I made money, I got rich, the end. The end. All right. Hey, hey, you guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Full Transparency. My name is Donnie Wiggins, and it wouldn't be full transparency if I didn't give it to you exactly how it's happening. And I got to tell y'all this, I'm nervous. Like, I know I've been doing the Social Proof Podcast. We're still doing the Social Proof Podcast, but your girl is nervous. So, without further ado, I want to bring on my very special guest. We've been behind the scenes we've been taking hours to set up our set and get everything ready and we are ready to go i can't wait to hear from you mr marcus rosier how are you sir i'm phenomenal and i just have to say whoever comes after me you were not the first choice you were not the first <laughs> choice first of all don't put me out there like that i am excited to be here i get a chance to watch you step out and do something you should have done a long time ago a long time ago in full transparency this was not planned for today really no i was coming to film content just regular instagram content with ryan and he said we're filming your podcast today and i'm like we're not though and he's like but we are and next thing i know we started like building the set out and i'm on the phone with you like where are you you were at the bank yeah getting your money together (laughs) and then you came right on over within an hour so thank you you already know anything for you here's what i like about what ryan did you do that to all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Ryan pulled a you on you. Ryan pulled a me on me. That's what he did. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. So I am thinking back as we were sitting here getting ready. Um, I was thinking back to 2017. Man. We met in 2017. We did. Uh, we met at a conference or something somewhere. Oh, I want to tell it. Okay. Tell it. You. So the first time I saw you, you were at... Shan's studio, y'all were doing something. Y'all used to always do entrepreneur events like every Friday or something like that. Yeah. And your command for the room, I had never saw anyone articulate, teaching business, but also challenging people. Mm-hmm. So it was several, you was in the middle of talking, and this is pink hair Dunny. This, pink hair Dunny. This is pink hair Dunny. <laughs> this, that's a different Dunny. It was okay. pink hair Dunny. So I remember seeing a young lady that wasn't taking notes, and you said, so what, you don't need this? You got all your stuff all together? <laughs> she was like, I'm good. She was like, so tell me what's on your paper. And the girl did that thing that people do, just one statement. Uh, pursue my business. You're like, what is that? What is that? What is, what is pursue my business? I was like, I like this. I like her. <laughs> because it was true. You, It wasn't so much, if people hear it wrong, it sa- I know your heart, because yeah. we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. It sounds like you're challenging someone, but what you're doing is not allowing the person to live up their potential. Yeah. If you care about somebody, you're going to scream and say, 
watch out, move yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Well, you're about to be hit by mediocrity. Watch yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> move out of the way. You know, I discovered early on that my purpose is to show people how to max out in their lives, mm. right? Max out on this life, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, like just don't do anything with mediocre standards at a mediocre level and have a standard of of excellence for yourself. And when you take on a calling like that, you can't be in a place where you let little stuff slide, nonsense slide, right? And you're a whole lot like me. True. I don't want to get into that just yet. I want to go back to 2017 because I'm looking at you today and you are this super successful coach in business. Just like me, we kind of do the same thing. We 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 do a very similar. We did discover it. Yeah, yeah, we discovered that we do a very similar thing. Um, But in 2017, I remember we met at a coffee shop. Yep. And you were a ball of confusion. (laughs) You were a ball of confusion. You were at that time working in like the medical industry, medical supplies, and you were contemplating a move back to Florida. You were contemplating getting heavily involved into ministry and you were contemplating entrepreneurship and really looking for your voice. Tell me about that transition. That was where we had a hard conversation. Mm -hmm. You challenged me every step of the way. So I was, I was doing some consultant work, but it was, I still had a coaching business. I was already helping people write books, but it was kind of one of those things you wasn't passionate about. It just made money. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, I had a publishing company where we do a done for you service that was from their book cover, editing, uh, copy editing formatting I would build the landing page to sell the book and then yeah. show them how to create a speaker one sheet to get on stage and speak on their book topics right mm-hmm. so it was done for you service I didn't enjoy it at all I was undercharging not because people wasn't willing to pay me but I didn't know how to charge my worth right in that space so you had that on the side mm-hmm. I'm doing consulting work for in the pharmaceutical space so it was marketing sales you're doing lunch and learns you you're training sales team it was a mix of everything coupled with I'm trying to speak and I felt that calling to get to start helping people of faith and ministry my I didn't see it as a church I saw it as I saw people of faith lack personal development the craziest part is the day that it hit me I was at the very first social proof uh, thing the event the live event yeah the live event right so that same day I came to social proof live event and that night I was going to a church conference Mm -hmm. where I'm at social proof live event and people are crying and there's this emotional side of they're being challenged in their business why are you not charging more why are you not this and the girl broke down I just feel like I've gone through so so much right so she needed the emotional support she really needed clarity of purpose and every person who asked a question I noticed they were not asking a question for clarity they were asking a question of permission mission Mm. it sounded like so should I do this or should I do that not hey I'm doing this 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 and this how do I make this better right you're asking for permission you're not asking for clarity right I go to the church event and the pastor no offense he it's a conference for people that feel like they're called to to do business but they're ministry related and he said if you feel like you got a call on your life to do business come up here for prayer and come with a seed Mm -hmm. and I'm like that ain't really what they need. <laughs> they need the strategy from the conference I just left. That's when, like, it just kept tugging on my heart, like, Marcus, you are faith in business. You've built, you've, I've been entrepreneurial since back when I was selling Inspired by Cologne. That's the cologne at the gas station where it ain't, it ain't, it ain't the real thing. Stop playing with me, right? If you like this, then you'll like that. That was you? Yeah. 
That was you. <laughs> the half and half do rags, gold caps, mixed CDs. Where did you, you wear that cologne? I did. Sometimes. You were wearing the cologne. Oh yeah. So talking. you were your own walk-in testimony. Oh my! You sprayed it. Smell like a batch of alcohol. Because I believe that when you're in business, you should always be a product of the product. Yeah, but it was bad. It was bad. So I'm imagining you right now with the grill <laughs> and the do rag and the fake inspired by cologne. Oh my god! That was yeah. you. Oh yeah. If if it was Creed, it wasn't Creed. It was inspired by Creed. Were you successful? What? Um, I would say I wasn't successful. I made money, though. You made money. I made money. It was a daily hustle. Yeah. You were selling linen outfits. You already got... I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> yes, man. I'm embarrassed you by the backstory. You remember B-Boots? I don't know if you know what that is. I don't know B-Boots. This is like, what do they call them? Wallabies and all that? I remember Wallabies. They were the knockoff version of Wallabies. Who knocks off Wallabies? Oh, they, listen. Wallabies were about 60. These were about 20, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I would sell, buy them for 10, 15, sell them for 50, buy do rags, yeah, all of that. You know what I find so interesting is when you speak to entrepreneurs, especially those of us who are in like the transformational space where we're helping people to get a transformation, we always have this backstory, like this long history of being in some form of sales that mm. have groomed us over and over and over again. What do you believe is the thing about your past, like an experience that you've had that's contributed the most to who you are today? Can I give two answers to that? Give me two. Give me three if you I have to say the thing and the person. The, okay. The person is my mom. Okay. That lady, nobody else could be my mother but her. Mm hmm She was one of those people that didn't... She would say it with such disgust on her face. There ain't nothing in life worse than a lazy man. Because mm. one day you're going to be somebody's husband and somebody's father. Right? So, like, work ethic... You couldn't just stay home sick just because you're sick. Because you said one day you're going to have to get up and go to work even if you're sick. Mm -hmm. All the way down to when you, in my mom's house, when you turn 12, mm -hmm. you either choose something based on her business that you do or she choose for you. You got to work when you turn 12. Okay. I didn't choose, so she chose for me and I had to clean. I had to sweep and mop and take out the trash. At, she had a school from daycare to 12th grade. Right? But my first, like, she taught me work ethic. She taught me the importance of that drive entrepreneurism I, I don't like my, her and my dad are still together but just I saw that in my mom so right. she's the person the thing that I think that I believe contributed to it is I just it's something about I didn't see I didn't even know it was called entrepreneurship right you know I'm too young to know I believe it's just I can see an opportunity mm -hmm. I can see an opportunity and go after it I just knew the idea of being able to take a $20 allowance and go to Sam's with my mom and buy candy and sell it to kids at church Mm -hmm. So turn 20 into 100 at 10, at 10 years old, whatever that is, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to call that, but I like that. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's that. It's recognizing opportunity and the heart to help people. Okay. So your mom had a lot to do with who you've become today. 100%. So in my own journey, um, my mom was really, really, really set upon me going to college, doing everything that the system says to do. You go to college, you get good grades, you get your degree. My mom wanted me to either be a journalist because of my gift of communication, or she wanted me to be an engineer because mm. just of my academic skill set, right? And I remember the heartbreak on her face when I dropped out of school. She didn't even care about the reason that I dropped out of school. It was just my daughter has dropped out of school I no longer support what you have going on kind of deal. Like, what are you going to do with your life now? You took 
an unorthodox path from what your parents wanted to see you do. 100%. Tell me about that. So my mother and father are doctors. So it's doctors, David and Vernette Rosier. Mm -hmm. So my mom was big on school. Mm -hmm. And she thought for sure, I graduated high school, I was 15, about to be 16, so yeah. very early. So her thought was, you can have your, she said, you have your master's by the time you're 19, because I had took a lot of college college classes. You can have your doctorate. So that was a path she wanted, mm -hmm. because I think for all of our parents, that success and degree was one and the same. Yeah. Right? Like, they, there's no other path. So it, it did disappoint them, because she felt like, you graduated so early, you're so smart. I wasn't smart, I just memorized stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, that path... I honestly came with heartbreak, even for me, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So it, it does take you longer. And I was insecure. Mm -hmm. So the embarrassment of when people ask you, so what are you going to do about health insurance? Because we're great, both of us are great with words, you can do the word dance and say a lot and say nothing. Nothing at all. You're not answering the question. What are you going to do about health care? And you start coming up with a bunch of other stuff. Hey, what are you going to do about paying your bills? So, of course, for years, I didn't have an answer. I was that person that would go to an event. And I'll never forget this. Whenever people would get up to introduce what they do in a small setting, I pretend I have to use the bathroom. Like, I would get so nervous and uncomfortable because... I did that, too. For over a decade, I didn't know, <laughs> right? I didn't have the answer. Yeah. It was these, hey, I'm Jim, and I do this, this, and this, and I Yo, help... people had the most important-sounding <laughs> things to do, and then here I am, like, I don't know, I'd be selling stuff. Right. I don't know, I do online business. <laughs> it sounded so unimportant. 100%. Like, looking back, now, this is the first time I've ever said this openly. That's crazy. That's because you're my people. Full transparency. True. Right. True. Pun intended. Yes. Literally. Yes. It was that. The untraditional route, I think, was the best for me because it built me. Mm -hmm. I always tell people you can't build a business bigger than you build yourself. Mm. So I feel like that journey built me. Mm -hmm. the, the business, the marketing, the ability to be able to spot a problem and come up with solutions for it. The sales, the operations, the, the ability to create what I call self-trust. Yeah. That I can make myself a promise and keep it so I trust me. Yeah. Well, I can do that in my marketing. Marketing is making perfect strangers on the internet a promise and knowing whoever takes you up on that, you can keep it. Mm -hmm. Right? That self-trust, that development. It was not easy. I had times lights was turned off. I had times where I had a Cadillac Escalade, couldn't afford. This like back with how I'm living in MTV cribs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. And a Cadillac Escalade rims on it. And I remember parking at my brother's house pretending I was asleep because my lights was off at home. And I think he knew. Mm -hmm. You know, just didn't have the money. Then worked at a school where you get paid once a month, where the yeah. saddest day of the, of the of the month was the day I got paid because it reminded me of how little I was worth. That Thou check was spent before oh it deposited. Thousand dollars. Thousand and some change, like, had to ride the bus to make an extra 80-something dollars. Like, so you've got those in and out jobs that I just knew. Man, I'm too, not not narcissism. I just feel like I had more to offer the world than than where I was at. So path is definitely untraditional, but it developed character, work ethic, and a story. Like, don't nobody want to hear? I woke up, I made money, I got rich. The end. The end. <laughs> yeah. Are your parents? Do they see what you're doing now? The the man that you've become now, and they're proud of that, or do they still wish? that you had gone the route that they thought was best for wow. you. I, I know for a fact they're both proud because they've said it recently. Mm -hmm. My mom recently said it to me. Uh, son, I'm so proud of you. This is just, I always knew you'd be great. I've got an audio album called When Greatness Calls. Just mm -hmm. all on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. And it's a voicemail she left me that sparked the title of it. 
I used to wake up every day and say, I will be great today and list the ways I'll be great. Mm -hmm. And she would hear me saying it. So on the voicemail is her saying, you can no longer say you'll be great. You're already great. You're already great. You're already great. Let me ask you this. I can literally think back to the moment where my mom experienced the shift and she became proud. Like yeah. she was no longer worried. She no longer thought that I wasn't going to be doing anything with my life. What do you think was that pivotal moment for your parents where they're like, okay, mm. we have to let him be a man and, and, and do what he's doing? For my mom, it's different from my dad. My mom is when I released my first book because I talked about it for years and you know how that go. You say you're going to do something. I was the ultimate procrastinator and never followed through with anything. Mm -hmm. So releasing that book, I love... Marcus, you lightweight still a procrastinator. I don't think so. Marcus... I don't think so. You are lightweight still a procrastinator. I got to hear this. this you are... How many times have you been supposing to call me for us to work on an idea? <laughs> oh, man. Is that procrastination? Yeah, it is procrastination because at this point, we've been supposing to do something together for for like maybe two years. Seriously. You know Before we even finish this, we're locking in a date. We're locking in we're a date. We're locking in a date. The date has to come. We're locking in a date. Mm -hmm. You have... I don't think it's a procrastination. Sometimes on both of our ends... I could overthink it because you know this has happened. I've, I ain't going to bother her. And you'll say the same. We'll see each other. But I meant to hit you up. No, no. So here's the thing. Here, here's the place where I am in my life, right? Okay. I am in my feminine energy, doing my thing. And when I have a man tell me <laughs> that we are going to engage professionally, yeah. person, whatever, yeah. I'm leaning on you to follow through. Yes, so I'm, I'm putting that out here right now. Okay. It is on you to follow through and tell me when we're going to do this collaboration that we're supposed to I be received doing. that. You receive I, it? I, no, no combativeness, no but. I received okay. that. Okay. So that could be... That's really good, actually. I'm going to tell you why it's good. You can have so many areas of your life of productivity mm -hmm. that you could still have a character flaw in another area. Like interpersonal, mm -hmm. I procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Business, I feel like I don't because of how rigid it is, but that's not good. So basically what you're telling me is because we're friends. I take, I, I, I can accept. Because we're friends. I can accept You that. put me on the back burner I and you're fully that. comfortable procrastinating. I am not fully comfortable why are you trying to embarrass me in front of guests? I mean, we're just being, we're being fully transparent right now. I, so what I said to Marcus, you guys, just for clarity, is we are having a conversation. Like, Marcus and I will get together. We'll do lunch. We'll do dinner. We'll catch up, talk about the things that's working in our business. And I said, we're at dinner. We're at lunch right now. Yeah. And this is what we're doing. So this Literally. is this is what we we're would be doing. We're back at the sushi spot. We're back at the, wait, the sushi spot, the Vietnamese spot. Is that what it's called? That's what it was. Uh, only good part is you're not telling people uh, watch that off that's nasty family Donnie <laughs> if you know her is beyond germaphobe like beyond beyond don't smell don't breathe I mean can y'all just cook it and I just come get it like don't do that don't sil do that silverware touching anything they bring the water out she sent it back three times I mean just it's bad I'm not difficult but I am very particular <laughs> I am very particular about the things that I am eating with the bathrooms that I use the kitchens that my food is. Being cooked in extremely particular. Being no buffet, or she got to be first. We were in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling all you, all you people. We were in Texas, and I was like, "Come on, we're gonna we're gonna be the first in lines." Because if anybody else breathes on it or touch it, I'm not eating it. Y'all listen. We're in <laughs> Texas. We were at. Um, Webinar Con. Webinar Con. We're at this mes mastermind, and Marcus and I are seated, like, right by the door, right? Yeah. We're right by the door. And I do that intentionally. This is a cheat code. If ever you're attending an event where there's going to be a large group of people and there's a buffet, 
sit right by the entry and exit door so when you know that they're about to start breaking you can run out and be first in line so I tap Marcus and I'm like yo they're about to start breaking let's go and we jump in that line we're waiting for like five minutes we're the first people in line but you appreciated it oh I did you definitely appreciated it because it's the coughing that people do over the food it's too many conversations happening over the food they are talking I don't, to I don't, I don't want any parts of that what have you done with the information since we've left, left war, uh, uh, what was it, WebinarCon? Hmm. I feel like I've taught, I've taught it more than I've implemented. I haven't run a webinar yet. Okay. Um, I've done a challenge. Mm-hmm. I've done a webinar, and I doubled down on, I guess you can say I used it. I, I didn't do a traditional webinar to where you would invite cold traffic new people. Okay. I utilized the skill. And part of what I told you, you was like, what made you come? I said, I want to learn this to be able to teach my clients. Okay. So I offered my clients to spend five, five six weeks with me for free. Mm-hmm. I coached them for a month, and then there's two weeks of Q&A. Mm-hmm. Anybody who didn't cross the six-figure mark in their business last year, I'm coaching them for free mm. and showing them. So I paid, what, it was 5K for that? Yeah. Paid 5K to really learn it. Will I use it? Yes. But more than anything else, I've got teams. i got 15 people on staff. i got a lot more resources mm-hmm. to help my business and ads, whereas they need that skill and couldn't get in the room. So that's how I've used it, first and foremost, but it will be a part of our bi-monthly. So we're doing monthly, a monthly challenge and a bi-monthly where we run the whole month of webinars. I don't have it in me to do every single week for the whole year. So I was honest about what, where I land with it. Hey, hey, are you a service-based entrepreneur that helps your clients or customers get some type of a result, but you're struggling to post and communicate your message on social media? You don't know how to type a caption that connects and gets people's attention and converts them from just someone who's following you on social to becoming your customer or your client? Great news is that's my superpower. So I'm sending you three text messages every single day, excluding major holidays, directly to your phone of exactly what you need to post to get people to buy and convert them into clients and customers. All you have to do is join my program, Post to Paid, and you can do so by texting the words Post to Paid to 404-737-2767. And the best news is just $37 a month. So hurry up, send me the text. I'm looking for it now. So that's how I've used it. So let me talk a little bit about your business. I want to know. So I know that you're really um, like an automations expert. Mm -hmm. You're a business coach, but you teach people really how to duplicate and automate themselves in their business. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy on business, what it is that you do how you're helping other people. I love it. So the way we word it, we work with coaches, entrepreneurs, service providers mm-hmm. to, to package their thoughts or the services they do with their hands into online offers. Hold on, the services that they do with their hands. Yeah, so people have knowledge that they know okay. or services they do. So if a barber is cutting hair, how do you continue to do that? Don't quit cutting hair, but how do you duplicate yourself to teach someone else how to do it? Okay. So we're going to help you take the service you do with your hands or the knowledge in your head, package in a way to help other people, mm-hmm. right? So that's creating the offer. Mm-hmm. That's creating an actual marketing campaign strategy, audience, like it's literally from idea to fully built business. Okay. Then we automate it. So now that person. Are you doing that for them? Yeah. So we, none of our offers come with just a course to watch. I believe that's an information exchange, not a skill transfer. Okay. Right. So even our course comes with a level of support, mentorship, coaching. So we go from 
creating it with them, done with you, done for you, all the way down to supporting them until they cross five figures. And then we'll show you how to onboard a VA. To be a, VA? a virtual assistant. Okay. So you have support. Mm-hmm. We show you how to read your numbers because every entrepreneur doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got documents and templates where they can literally plug in their expenses and it automatically shows them if they're in the red, mm-hmm. where to invest in marketing. So it's more so, it's automation, but it's really showing people how to build an online business. Yeah, this isn't just how to create a coaching business, a consulting business. This is you helping them become an expert. In the, so are these people who are already established, like I already have an established business mm-hmm. and now I need to get the back end of my business together or, or develop a more efficient way of yeah, doing so business. It's two sides. You've got people who are already in business generating revenue but want to create an e- information products to their business. So okay. I'll use an example. I've got a podiatrist. He was weeding out a phase of his business, but he wanted to educate people on how to do at-home treatment for an illness that he felt like, let's say insurance isn't covering. It takes too much of his staff time. He's getting rid of those doctors. Mm -hmm. He said, this is something that people can do on their own to help someone with diabetes. Mm -hmm. So we work with him to create an online programming course that's that's self-paced. Right. So he's already in business. He doesn't want to be a coach. Okay. But then we have a great deal of people who want to do coaching. Coaching. So we help people in both sides of it. There's four phases with us. The making money phase are those who just have idea but don't know what to sell, who to sell it to, or how to sell it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's to take them from idea to five figures. Mm-hmm. The the stacking money phase, those who are generating some money is inconsistent. They need strategy. Mm-hmm. So you go from information strategy to those who have strategy, meaning they're getting a result, to system. I've got more business. I've got too many DMs. It's taking up too much too much of my time. Yeah. I need a system that allows me to have a lead generation system. I need a system that has a sales process so I know when someone clicks on something to buy, this is the process I take them through. Mm-hmm. Right? So we divide all that out all the way down to the last, which is the accountability or the investing money phase, showing you how to hire your, hire your systems, hire your team. So like for us, we're big, I'm big on, I'm going to simplify it. I went to Walmart years ago at a conference and I'm walking around and the thought hits me, what's the one thing you can't buy from Walmart? A car in a house is what I, it boiled down to. But okay. everything you need for a car in a house, you can get. That was the day that I said, I'm going to be in practice, not in service. Mm-hmm. The Walmart for coaches and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. The one thing you can get from me is the house, which is the fam- I don't do your LLCs, all that. So you got to have your own house. Mm-hmm. You have to have your own idea, which is the car. But everything else we provide. So you are very hands on in people's businesses and you're very hands on in your own business. How are you doing all of this at a level of excellence and not getting burned out yourself? I've gotten burned out several times. 2020, we were at about 100 and something build outs, right? We're around that phase in 2020. What was it 2019? 2021, we went to 363. 2022 was over 500 and something build outs. We went from four employees to now 15 and seven contractors. Because it's done for you services, you're, please, whoever's listening, do not build a team that big. When you're providing emails for people, we upload the videos for them and build their membership sites. Okay. We build their funnels. You have to have a team. You cannot do write all the copy, so. do all that, right? right? Coaches. So the way that I don't get burnout is that. Okay. I started with the process. 
to make sure that I can duplicate it, get people results, and then started slowly putting people in place. The first thing I removed myself from is copywriting. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest thing to do to be able to match and mirror someone's tone. You know this because you do this. You do this too, right? Uh, copywriting, I had to remove. I used to write for people. I would take five to ten clients at a time and write their emails for daily emails. So thirty emails for each client. Like I used to actually write them. So remove myself from copywriting. I remember those days. Yes. <laughs> you know, you get it. It's like, you know, then I removed myself from being the one to build the funnels, like mm -hmm. in terms of the pages, the automations, the setting up the pixels. I no longer run ads. So I started just individually. The way I word this, my goal was every month fire myself from one part of my company. Okay. How right. long did it take you to do that? Year and a half. Year and a half. Year and a half. So I have a question. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and because I know you personally, I know like some of the transition, right? Um, and I even know some of the financial yeah. transition that's happened. People, so we tell people read books, watch documentaries, watch podcasts like this and learn how to build your business. All the information is there. Mm -hmm. But I believe sometimes when I'm reading books and I'm hearing everybody's story, I think sometimes we forget and we start teaching from a very high level perspective of where we are right now. And we don't really go all the way back to the beginning. How'd you get the money for your business market? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I had much. So 2014 is when I went back into full-time entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I remember December 2014, I was working at Florida State University. Mm -hmm. I gave Florida State a six-month notice. Okay. So they knew for six months I was leaving. Okay. I saved everything. I made myself live off of less than what I needed, mm -hmm. like super less than what I needed. So I was stacking money for that. Uh, so money came from that. I, you can get pay, paid out a portion of your sick and all of your vacation. Mm -hmm. Right. So, <laughs> I so I, I stacked all of that up too. Okay. And this round December going into January ish, February. So back then I was still getting the income tax check. Mm -hmm. I ain't had one of them since then. Okay. <laughs> right. So that was money that came in as well. I was, I had a, uh, I didn't have a book yet. It's 2014. I was refereeing and kind of just doing anything I can put my hands on. At the time, I was still speaking. I was getting a few speaking engagements here and there. I wasn't getting a lot of money, but 200 here, 500 here. So that was the original thing. What really made me money in 2015, July 15th of 2015, I wrote my first book, When the Day is the name of My company's actually called that too. Mm -hmm. That book sold 1,000 copies in the first 30 days. So that gave me $20,000. Okay. Right. Uh, went on to continue to sell books, but also leverage that into speaking engagements and contracts. So I had a contract where certain schools couldn't pay you, but they could buy books. Mm -hmm. So that's a couple thousand dollars there. Got you. I started pitching myself for radio and TV. How? I'm sure people are wondering. They want to know how. I created a script where I would look and see what kind of segments were on TV. Mm -hmm. I would call and act like I was someone working for my mm -hmm. company. <laughs> and I started pitching segments. Hey, we, hey, I know that got to Atlanta and realized traffic it's horrible. I'm from Panama City, Florida, a little small town in Tallahassee. Yeah. I wasn't used to this kind of traffic. Yeah. So the first thing I thought of was my book, When the Day, was about basically turning the hours in a day into making every hour worth $100. Mm -hmm. The whole day is worth $2,400. 
you pay yourself an area most important 10% of the day. Mm -hmm. Anything less and you lost the day. Right? Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff. Okay. So you write yourself $2,400, $2, an hour. Mm -hmm. You owe you 240 hours to an area of your choosing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I could do a time management segment to show people how to get more out of their day during their driving commute to and from work. Mm -hmm. That was the segment I pitched. Mm -hmm. But I acted as if, so I called the first person. Hey, I'm looking for, I'm sorry, I cannot remember their name. The person who's over <laughs> booking for segments. Uh, and they're going to start spitting out names. Yes. Every name they spit out, I wrote down, and kind of they give you the runaround. They gave me a voicemail when I followed back up. Hey, I'm looking for, and now I have a name. Got you, got you. <laughs> right? Hustler. Now I got a name, ended up pitching segments, got on NBC, ABC, Fox, Word Network, TBN, like from. And these are just random cold calls that you're oh, making. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. calling until you get a name and, and different you call markets. back. Okay. So in Florida market and Atlanta, like in different markets, mm -hmm. and you're finding things that is beneficial to their audience because they don't care about your book, mm -hmm. which if I can fast forward, one of the principles, rule number one of my, our model is called the MOB, Monetize Online Business Blueprint. Okay. It's where I took my actual blueprint of building my business and everything that we do a giveaway. So that's mm -hmm. why we call it a blueprint. Okay. Long story short, our rule number one is we don't sell products, services, or time. We sell solutions to problems. So we don't, if you, the moment you get on a call with us and say, yeah, I got to sell my ebook. Ain't nobody trying to buy no ebook. Mm -mm. Hey, I got to sell my course. You cannot sell a course. So I learned that from then. No one cared that I wrote a book but me. Mm -hmm. What they cared about is what solution to my problem does the book provide? So I never said I have a book. Hey, we've created a time management system to help people be able to get more done without having to balance between work and children, family, that kind of thing with jobs. Hey, we have this model. We can help your help you increase productivity with by dedicating two hours of your of dedicated work to your clients. Would you what, could we come and speak on it? Mm -hmm. Right. So we never said we had a book. We had a concept. We had a premise to be able to help people increase productivity. Yeah. Right. So those were some of the things that how I got the money, books help, speaking help. And it took off. I wrote 23 books in three and a half months. I self-published five that year. Speaking took off for me. So God, I, I know it was God blessed me, spoiled me. By 2016, we traveled all over the world with that book. That book sold over 10,000 copies, self-published. So this is from 2014, a two-year journey. 2016, the book sells all these copies. You're now speaking yep. all over the world. How much money did, did, did you make in your first year as an entrepreneur? Shoo. I made six figures first year. First year? Yeah. Six figures. Right at one one and some change. Now, I don't know how much. I'm sure that was gross, not net. Right. Because at that time, I was still paying for my own travel. And all, yeah. all, you, you know how that goes. Yeah. So I wasn't negotiating like I should. So I was still paying for travel. I didn't know how to charge. I did a training for a company. I'm talking about four different sessions coming in and was charging speaker rate for for companies' trainings. Mm -hmm. So I'm $2,500, $3,000, $5,000 to do four sessions, eight-hour days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Are you doing that today? Ooh, the devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. So in your first year of success, because the, the, the truth is most small businesses, most entrepreneurs will never make six figures. Yeah let alone make six figures in their first year. So what was it for you? Hustle, you hustle. Um, I got up each day. I would put on a suit because I thought that's what success looked like. Yes. I would go to Starbucks. I could tell you where, right by Cumberland Mall, that Starbucks on, what is that? 
Acre, I don't know if it's Acres, Acres Mill, Mill yeah. right, right there. I would go last Starbucks with my book, and mm -hmm. I would say I'm not leaving this Starbucks until I sell five to ten copies a day. Mm -hmm. That was a starting point. Mm -hmm. I never pitched my book. I would t start up conversations with people asking them, do you read? What type of books you read? Mm -hmm. Hey, do you mind me asking? Like, I'm a reader. You got any book suggestions of what book you read? I just started the conversation surrounding books. Would talk about my book as if it was written for someone else because people, the fences aren't up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I got this is one book. This is isn't it? Man, what is that? And I finally tell them it's mine, and typically they will buy one yeah. or buy two. So, I think hustle. I was willing to drive five hours to speak for ten minutes. I was willing to go to hotels, which I can tell you the one Embassy Suites right there in because I live in that area. I just did an event this past weekend at the Wyndham. <laughs> okay. I will go to all of them. All of the events are not at the Ritz, just you, and and at the convention centers. I just did one at the Wyndham two days ago. And I'm sure you killed it. Killed it. But even in that... Isn't that what we do, though? Even in that, if somebody's hustling, mm -hmm. why not go to the hotel and ask them about upcoming events? <sighs> and and show up or pitch to the person like I was I was creating my own speaking engagements Yo. like you can go there hey it's an event coming up next month I'm trying to remember the name of it because oh um, let me see they're gonna connect you with a person they're gonna yeah. show you the upcoming events you just gave me an idea first of all that's a bar all right if you are a speaker who is looking to break through like go to these hotels <laughs> where events are happening and ask them what's on your calendar find out the information but an easier way even then to do that like go to Eventbrite. True. I just did an event this past weekend and the host of the event asked like, how'd you hear about the event? And there were, there was only, I think 40 people in the room. It was a specialized conversation and two or three people said I was searching Eventbrite for something to do wow. and I found your event. There's no reason that that can't work for a speaker or somebody who wants to practice. Like there are a lot of people who will let you come onto their platform because they want to over deliver at their event. So true. Did you do speaking events for free? 100%. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about drive, driving overnight to North Carolina, speaking that morning, set up my own table because they didn't give me one. Mm -hmm. You know, just everything you can think of. I 100% used to take the, this back before COVID, they used to give you blankets on the plane. Yes. I would keep them in my book bag in case I had to sleep in the airport. Like I won't say my my entrepreneur friend who we did 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 some of that together. Who was it? I ain't gonna mention my man because he didn't no. tell that in his story. I want to know though. I, I'll tell you afterwards. No, just whisper it right here. Just no, because you're gonna say it on the <laughs> <laughs> But that I I got the Amex Platinum back then because you you can go in the lounge. I and I couldn't afford to eat. Certain mm -hmm. times. So you can go in the lounge and you could take fruit out. You could take food, you know, so it was a way to, if I'm in the airport and could, I'm flying Southwest, you know, so, or even you start learning, man, you can buy a ticket, buy the most expensive ticket on your Amex. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll, let me not say this. No, say it. I would cancel the flight, get a full refund. Mm -hmm. Cancel the flight, get a full refund so I can get my money back. But get in because you got to have a, a Delta flight to get in there. Like I'm telling you, everything you could think of to build, I did. <laughs> like I did. Y'all don't do that. OK, <laughs> don't we, we, we're not doing that. Refund, don't buy that refundable <laughs> don't, ticket. Don't buy the refundable ticket. Yeah. But if you're hungry. <laughs> God, that, I'm just like, man. But you got to think I was making money, but it doesn't. When, you know this when you're making money, but not like large sums at one time, mm -hmm. one or two things happen. You're not making enough 
to to be able to predict the future because it's not predictable income. Mm-hmm. Or you make a large sum and you hold on tight to it because yeah. you don't know how long you'll be making money. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, let me not spend this. So yeah. you go here, you sell your books. Okay, you made $1,300, $1,500, $2,000. But you're like, let me hold on to this. Mm-hmm. So you're still not going to go and buy the nicest hotel. If you got sense, mm-hmm. nicest hotel, I wasn't buying clothes, any of those things. You remember this. I wore nothing but tracksuits. Nothing with, but your tracksuits with your with, logo on With it. my logo on I haven't seen a tracksuit in a long time. I'm going to bring those back. You you name brand. No. Gucci down no, to the no. socks. Like my name. No. Balling. No. <laughs> but even that, I use points from my American Express and bought the tracksuit suits on Amazon. Marcus, you got money, money now, don't you? I got a few dollars. You got a few dollars? I got a few dollars. So enough to let me hold? I got one of the, I got enough where, you know, if you want to add cheese or extra sauce, we don't have to ask if it's We don't have sauce. to ask for permission. Well, yeah. We you can, don't have to ask for permission. We, we can go ahead and we can go ahead and make it do what it do. I love it. I love <laughs> it. So you have transitioned into this fantastic entrepreneur and you've always been so since I've met you um, you've always been like really sharp Mm. sometimes you look at people and they just have an it factor you know like I know he's going to be something but you have that me yes you think I have an it factor you can't you cannot come in a room and someone not want to know who is that Mm. no seriously it's it's you know you have it when without speaking you're speaking, mm-hmm. you're communicating, she's confident, she's clear, she's someone, but you also have it in the context of when you open your mouth, it's clear, she's someone I need to listen to. Yeah. So I've learned a lot of, lot from you. With sales, you know you've been on my head for years because that was my Achilles heel. Yeah. I would market and speak like crazy and not sell. You have, you got so many skills, marketing, copywriting, business development, back-end systems, automation. So it's, it's a lot. So I, I do, I'm not just saying this because we're on here because I've said this to you. Yeah, I yeah. learn a great deal from you. We've learned from each other. Wow. For sure. We have learned from each other. I've watched you over the years, um, and I, I love this, and I love that you're my first guest because I know you personally. Yeah. Right? Um, something else that I know personally is like when we met in 2017, you were undateable. <laughs> Don't do it. Reconsider. Read the letter. You sure, man? <laughs> you man. were super undateable, Marcus. And I remember we would have conversations like you were you were a man that desired love. Yeah. But you were not willing to make time for it. It was like nothing else mattered but you being successful in business and we're going to talk about how it looks very different today right but at that time when you were kind of at I won't even say the height because I think you're at the height right now Um, but when you were in a very transformational period of your business you'd already had success you've been you know you started a business three years prior you're in this transformational moment where it's like I need to relocate but I'm not sure like I just remember having these conversations and I would look at you like this guy is completely (laughs) undateable (laughs) that's such a great that's such a great way to say it yeah yeah I would agree now Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have agreed with you then Mm -hmm. I would have thought no no that ain't true but 100% I was I wanted all that came with having someone without investing anything into it Mm. and I was so naive to think that if a person asked for you to do what is 
the standard, which is the floor, like, you know what I'm saying? Just the standard is the lowest you're willing to take. Yeah. Right? So they were asking for, this is the lowest I'm willing to take. I would see that as complaint. Plan a date. Follow up. Be on time. Still, don't tell me Thursday and say nothing on Thursday. Hey, are we still hanging out? Oh, no, something came up, like bad communication on down the line. So, like, yeah, it was it was bad. It was that really, was really bad. Oh, my goodness. That guy. That guy. That guy. So what was the moment that said, wh when did you realize I can be successful? And let me, let me start here because I'm seeing this a lot. I am seeing a lot of men who are now realizing that they're high-value men. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm a high-value man. I know what I know, and I want what I want. Um... And I can wait. My, my career is priority. And at the same time, there are a lot of high value women who are like, I am successful. Y'all have let me sit around here and be single for too long. Yeah. <laughs> I just love Dunny Wiggers. Y'all have let me sit around here and be single for too long. And you kind of get into this groove and you were very much in your groove. Like you weren't out in the streets. You weren't doing the most when it came to women. You were so focused on success. What changed for you when you realized, I mean, was it that you realized you could have both? You could balance both? It goes back to uh, a beautiful song that was written by LL Cool J. Um, when I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall. <laughs> in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call. Telling me I need a girl who's as sweet as the dove. <laughs> For the first time in my life, hey, I see I need love. There he was. Like, Tell me where you were. Like literally, <laughs> that's the vibe, man. I, I, I like. We all had these, had these moments where we want what we're not willing to give. We want what we're not willing to give. Yeah. What did you want? What were you not willing to give? I wanted everything that came with a relationship, somebody who checks on you, who encourages you, who gives you everything from words of affirmation to cash apps. And sex. I wasn't going after that. Mm. I'll be honest, I was not. And you know me, so you know mm. I'm not capping. You're right? not capping there, but everything that goes with it, you weren't going after it like uh, thirsty, I mean, but it's, it's included. I want, like I was so, I knew what came with sex, texting, consistency. Like I was just an inconsistent person. I can't say that I was just inconsistent in dating. I was an inconsistent friend, inconsistent in business that showed up in every area. Yeah. Business was different because I had to be, I had my insecurities had to have a reason to say, okay, I did this. I needed a win. Mm -hmm. So like business was one of those driving forces. Some of those other things I could, I could live without. So what was the turning point? Yeah. When I moved to Florida, I moved to Fort Lauderdale in 2019. Okay. Well, I was living in both. Like, you know, for, you were back and forth. for a minute, I lived in Atlanta and in Fort Lauderdale. I promised myself I wouldn't date for an entire year, which I told you about. Mm -hmm. So I didn't date anybody. And that's when you left alone with yourself, you start learning some things about you. Mm -hmm. That is, and it was tough. I don't know how honest I, well, this is full, full transpar transparency. It was, the, it was the best and the worst time of my life. Cause imagine going like three, four months without even a hug. Ooh. Holding a hand. Like, seriously. So you have moments that you realize what that does to you emotionally, mentally. Yeah. I was in a beautiful, solitary confinement. I'm living in Fort Lauderdale. I've got a nice place. I got the Teslas and all that. But I'm not dating, so you go in places all by yourself, and you're seeing some beautiful people they bad in the streets <laughs> uh, the lord didn't bless me spoiled them <laughs> <laughs> and, and but it, it developed a level of self-discipline and here's what here's what i told a friend of mine i said most men never test fidelity until someone's heart is on the line 
Mm. They never know that they can be faithful until they're in a relationship and have to be. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see, can I be faithful to what I promised me? I'm not going to date. So if I can suppress my urge and say no with no one else's heart on the line, mm-hmm. I knew I'd be ready to be in a committed relationship and say no. Mm-hmm. Right. So like that year, that's when I came to know what I was looking for. Um, not, I think some, sometimes, and I did the same thing, so I'm not going to say it like a bar to someone else, but it was me. Yeah. We don't normally date what we want. We date what our confidence can afford. We don't normally date what we want. We date what our confidence can afford. Yeah. Your confidence back then afforded what? It, it didn't afford everything that I wanted. I settled. And dating. So I would, the person that you would really want, the one that's confident, the one that's outspoken, when you talk about high value women, mm-hmm. high, high value woman is going to, the closer you get to her, she's going to see things about you that you see in yourself that you're not willing to, to face. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is because you're not the, you're not the one that is, the, you can't point to your money because she has her own. Yeah. You can't mass certain things like you really you really have to give her the one thing that when you both have money you you normally don't give in another relationship you when you have money you can give dates you can give everything else you can hide it you can hide everything else so i always talk to my friends who man it's some gold diggers bro if you market money don't be mad when your marketing works your marketing works <laughs> your marketing work you market sex don't be mad when, when your marketing, marketing works. works whatever it is you market lifestyle your marketing works 100 yeah. percent. so it was that i didn't i did not feel the best about me because you know i'm sure you know this your life can change overnight like you got to think 2013 2014 or even in that period of time i'm figuring it out I went a whole year and a half and could never pay all my bills at the same time. Mm-hmm. I went to Walmart. I remember it. George Foreman Grill was out. I would buy great value turkey burgers, bread and noodles. That was my grocery list for two years. You know, like remember it. Slap that thing on a, on a George Foreman noodle stretch bread. So even though your money shifts, mm-hmm. you if you're not intentional, your confidence doesn't. Mm-hmm. So you make more money, but you still feel the same way about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's where I was. So it was like, you, you're not really sure about yourself. And remember what we talked about. You didn't know how to explain to people what you do. I didn't have no clear, I help coaches, entrepreneurs. Like, no message statement. Right. You didn't have this clear message and statement, XYZ statement, I help statement. So you, you're making money, but you still don't know how to sc- describe what you do. Mm-hmm. You still don't feel fulfilled. So like you, you bring all of that into your dating life. Yeah. You bring all of that into the people you meet. I feel like my faith is the thing that changed my life. Like I'll, I'll never turn my back on God yeah. because I, he introduced me to me. I mm. did not know who I was. Mm. The greatest thing he ever did. Do you think you were happy? Um, I mean, you know, I believe that before we can be successful in relationships, we have to be successful in relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Right. And even as a single woman over the years, I've always been really happy with myself. I did have some some struggles in that area last year that I still don't really understand why, because honestly, last year should have been the happiest year of my life, right? But there was still something inside of me that was missing. Do you think in that period, like the, the deeper rooted issue is that you, you really just weren't happy with yourself like you're building this career Mm. but there's still something that you needed to piece together first before you entertained love yeah 100 percent. 100 uh there's a question that i heard i want to say tony robbins i want to give credit because you know the internet is filled with thought thieves yes 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 people will steal your thought and post it like it was theirs 
<laughs> right, like he's a thought thieves. But I think it's Tony Robbins. He asked a question to a lady, whose love did you did you want or need the most? Like I'm probably messing it up. And like whose love did you did you want or need the most? That question stood out in my head. I would say uh, my father's love and affirmation was most important. Mm. And I felt like my I felt for the longest like my father was around. He was in the house. He was he and my mom were together. He wasn't abusive. He was a great father, but he, he wasn't really vocal. He was real critical. Mm. He wasn't vocal about accomplishments. And it wasn't until I got into ministry that my father got excited and I felt like he didn't love me. He loved that I was doing what he loved. Mm. He loved ministry. So yeah. you're doing what I love. But I as we started talking now it healed me because it's like other people, your dad's so proud of you, he would tell them. When he started telling me, I didn't realize, I didn't want to even admit I needed that. I felt mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm over 30. I was over 30. It was like, you know how hard it is to say, I need my dad to be proud of me. I need my dad to be proud of me. I need my mom to say, man, that's my boy. I think that's more common than we know, though, because that's what I was chasing for so many years. Like, I was so focused on making sure that I made it. Like, it had to happen or it had to happen. There was no option because I needed my mom to be proud of me. Mm. Yeah. You made me cry. Well, almost. And like, thug <laughs> tears. Like, you ain't gonna skip over. Like, look at what you do for your mom and for your daughter. Yeah. Seeing you buy your daughter that car. It wasn't just the car either, right? Beautiful car, Mercedes. Shout out to Johnny. Like you know, that's not a that's not a, a just an everyday car that a parent buys. First but car. yeah, it was your daughter's response to it that speaks volume to what to your real accomplishment. You were able to package you and impute it into her heart, her perception, her gratitude to reproduce that. That's what I was looking at. Stop playing. Are you serious? Like, it was the most beautiful thing that you have to celebrate. And then seeing you and your mom's relationship and the joy you get out of treating your mom for her birthday. Like, yeah. I already know. When it's that time, you, you're going to set it out. It's in a month. <laughs> it's in a month. <laughs> you, better run, you better run a challenge right now. It's in a month. We already have Sh uh, Chef Striker on deck oh, waiting. Oh, Lord. Yes, 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 Save yes, Save me yes. some of that sauce for, on them lamb chops. Absolutely. You know the lamb chops are going to be there. <laughs> but I'm not letting you get out that easy. Um, there came a time where you knew that you were ready for love. Yeah. Did it slap you in the face? Or did it just like you bumped into it? Man, you and I align so much because we're both big on affirmations, manifestation, vis visualization, mm -hmm. those type of things. I attach it and tie it to my faith. So the year before, I went that year without dating. Mm -hmm. I, whew, I was successfully single. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've had this thing I call M3. And I, I boldly told everybody, marriage, ministry, and millions. You told me that so many yeah. times. I said, those are the things I'm going to focus on. In one year's time, I'll have all three. Yeah. And everything turned up. I leaned into I leaned into focusing on creating a space to help people of faith have spiritual development, personal development, and business development. Mm -hmm. That started building. Uh, business took off I mean it quadrupled it grew bigger than me where I was then I wasn't an asset to the business I was a liability mm, whoa, 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 wait. okay I'm hearing you yeah you, like, were, you, you weren't an asset you were a liability you were doing too much yeah holding like, the business back yeah because I couldn't respond to people at the rate that the business needed okay. so every time that I was doing something I was making a lot of mistakes typos because I was still building funnels so it was like I'm it's in my head but you're crossing over steps you you know so 
I literally was the biggest liability to the company, forgetting to follow up with people. So you do an initial sales call at that point. I took over a thousand sales calls, mm -hmm. right? I didn't hire a salesperson until I personally closed $1 million in sales, mm -hmm. right? So I had such a process and, and ways to overcome objections, et cetera. So that's that piece with the business. And then I got ready for marriage, but I didn't know like how you do that. And I still don't know what I'm doing. Like Fully married. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Are you married, married, like publicly? Do you talk about your relationship? I don't talk about it much. Why? Um, I, what I love the most, I keep private. I feel like everything else is like out there. So I'm one of those people. Notice you've never seen me post my mom. Facts. Never seen me post my dad. Mm -hmm. My niece, I moved back full time to Atlanta when I was still living both because my nephews and niece mom passed away of yeah. cancer. Right. So I, you and I talked about it. Yeah. So to help my brother out, I've never posted them on my page. Mm. Well, probably once I was over there and had my phone on a story or whatever. If it's their birthday, I don't post happy birthday. Mm -hmm. My mom tattooed on my arm. I've never posted her once. Mm. She was just here two weeks ago. And we went out to lunch. Then I never pulled out the phone to show it. Mm -hmm. The things that are, the things that are most important to me, I don't share openly like that. Mm hmm. Uh, if it's things that helps other people, business, faith, principles, concepts, or I'll expose my life on certain aspects of it. But anything you expose, you open up for criticism. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm tough. I could take it. But it's a whole nother story. You say something about them folks I love. Mm. Yeah. So um, I like the privacy of it. Like that this is something of my own. I mean, she posting on down the line. Yeah, she does post. Um, did you see that we were in the chiropractor office together the other day? She told week? me. She yeah. told me. She does post and she's very like open about her love out loud for you. How do you how do you explain it so it doesn't look like you're hiding something? It's just that I value this so I keep it private. I wasn't I wasn't hiding the world from my what how did you say? <laughs> I wasn't hiding my, my wife from the world. I was hiding no. the world from my wife. <laughs> I haven't even heard it. Man, um, how do I explain it? I think she gets it. She probably have moments, but she don't. Truthfully, she's the only one who needs to get it. I'm just being nosy, and I want to know. I, I feel like, man, that is a good question. I need to talk to her about it. I think it would be different if I shared everything. Mm-hmm. But she knows, like my father, man, I'm being, this is really full trend. We've talked about stuff I've never talked about. This is crazy. Ow. Like, this is really crazy. <laughs> so my father has um, had something happen where randomly he could, he had something with his back. He had blood clots, everything else. He had no functionality of his hands, everything. So he hasn't walked in two years. He just started mm. standing for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I was going there every month. So even that, right? I didn't do the whole, y'all keep my dad lifted in prayer, et cetera, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think she gets, he doesn't share this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like people that know me know like, man, you were going through a lot. Yeah. Man, you, this with your dad not walking, this going on. I've had uh, one of my closest friends, guy named Cream, died in a car accident. This was two years ago. I mean, his birthday in January, mine in May. I've known him literally all the days of my life. Mm -hmm. He passed away. My uncle passed away. So like she knows he's never shared any of these moments with anybody. Mm. So she knows he don't my nephew Braylon who I love was born December 25th of last year I never shared it my niece who that's my baby I call her uncle baby mm -hmm. I never share it mm -hmm. so I think she sees how I move okay. and really understands my largest accomplishments even for myself like when we hit certain milestones or things that 
I had my videographer come. My dream watch was this presidential Rolex. Let me see. Let me, okay, a little, little, little something, a little Prezi. Like, you know, a little like, Prezi. I like it. It was my dream watch. It was on my stuff of what I wanted to buy. I bought, I had my videographer come with me, film it, but I never felt comfortable sharing it. She's like, why don't you boast it? No, that's just for me. Bought my dream cars. You've never seen me post a car. I got five cars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think she gets, he doesn't share that I've stuff. I've seen you post those cars. Story, okay. not on my, on, like not a, hey, blah, blah, blah. You. you know I what I'm saying? You. Like just more so in my stories, we yeah. talking about it. Watches, etc. You know, I'm obsessed with watches. Yeah. The real things that I really love, those secret things, I don't share like that. Mm -hmm. I just started sharing client success stories. Remember, because you mentioned it. Mm -hmm. You're like, Where are your testimonials at? And we've got hundreds of them. Yeah. We sign in our agreements a non-disclosure. The only way we share is if the client provides for us a video testimonial. Mm -hmm. If not, we, we, none of our sessions do we ever take the recordings of it and I turn into content. Mm-hmm. Clients download it, you got 30 days to download it, we delete it off the system, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think I've just got this structure about myself where if someone called me right now and was like, where you at? I'm not gonna say I'm here filming with Dunny. Mm -hmm. I grew up, excuse me, like church and street. On the same day my dad taught me how to put a sermon together, the same day homeboys from my neighborhood taught me how to cook crack and weigh weed. Oh, wait a minute. Right. No, I didn't like, know same this. Day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Same day. So like I grew up in a context of conflict between like Denzel, like Denzel, an American gangster and preacher's wife at the same day. Mm -hmm. Like I literally grew up in church and street. So I'm big on everybody tell their own story, but yeah. it makes me a loyal friend. Mm -hmm. Talking to me is like talking to yourself. I do not repeat people's information. I don't tell what people should tell about themselves. Mm -hmm. Man, if someone said, Donnie already told me, I'm still not telling. Mm. Donnie already told me she did. Mm. Oh, okay. I, mm. All right. That's just how I move. Yeah. So I don't answer the phone and tell people's business so it's like I kind of carry myself you're in a way 100% you're just really really private it's certain things you and I have talked about that I have never been shared openly that's why I, I rock with you because you don't repeat that. I'm not telling <laughs> you don't repeat I'm that. not telling a soul all right because I value my privacy so much yeah. um, I have a group of girlfriends and there are three of us and I'll tell one girlfriend something that I didn't tell the other girlfriend and that other girlfriend will say something to me oh, about Lord. what oh, I said Lord. to the one friend. And we're all sisters, right? And they don't get it. They do not get. I get so pissed off. Yeah. Like, how she know my business? How does she know? And they're like, but we're sisters. It's like the cluster of us. <laughs> we're only friends because we're, yeah. you know, it's a group. I don't care if yeah. I don't tell you my business, don't tell my business. So I value, I, I believe in karma. And I believe in the law of reciprocity. So if if I I value my business so much that if you tell me something, it's going to the grave with me. Yeah. Period. Otherwise, I open up the floodgates for all of my personal business to be out in these streets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have that value, especially now with social media. And I'm not blaming social media. I think that people feel like they're missing out on something if they don't quickly share it. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll give a very quick example, and I, this will be like 10 seconds. Okay. I remember being at Beyonce's concert. It's like formation tour at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, so she had them back to back. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine gave me access to be able to work on that tour. Like mm -hmm. I was over there, corporate sponsorships, that kind of thing. So you're the point of contact for, one night was for beat for Ivy Park, which is Beyonce thing, the next night was for the other one. Long story short, I watched a young lady who was on her dance team 
She came to take photos. She was like, hey, does anybody have family they want to take photos? Long story short, one of the young ladies wanted the opportunity to ask a question, but what she did instead was take a picture. So she took the first picture and was like, hold on, let me get another one for my Snapchat. But the whole night I kept hearing the girl talk about what she do in dance, and it hit me. You don't really get an opportunity to get photos and questions and all these things. Yeah. But because the young lady valued the ability to share her moment with the with the internet more than she valued the ability to get an answer, mm. she missed out on the moment. Mm. Right? It was more important to show you that I was here and I got a picture with Beyonce than to mm. get the answer that could change my life and possibly get me hired to work with her. Mm. I move like that. Yeah. I really think if I go to certain people's home, I do not pull out my phone to show that person's home. Huge pet peeve. Yes. That's why nobody comes to my house. That's one of the things I'm te I will say I'm teaching my lady too. It's like she come from Canada. This whole entrepreneur world Everything now is, is different. safe and beautiful to her. <laughs> she got here and she was used to leaving the car running, going inside the grocery store. Oh, we like, don't do this that. Atlanta. We don't do that. <laughs> they leaving stuff everywhere. So it's it to answer your question, I know we went the long route. It's I just value people, man. Like mm -hmm. I think the most valuable thing in the world is people. I think mm -hmm. everything that we could ever do in life is to deposit ourselves in others. Your imp like, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the show. Your impact 100% outlives you because there's going to be rooms that people are in that your name is has to be mentioned in rooms that you're not in. How I mentioned Tony Robbins. He's not here and will hopefully he'll watch it, but won't watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you interrupt a thought in someone's mind or deposit yourself in their life to where they have to be mentioned, where they're relevant, right? So that that's my, my guilty pleasure, just this honor towards people. I love this. Marcus, you know, the one thing that has remained consistent with you and I is that we can talk for hours yeah. and hours and hours, <laughs> right? And we have, it, we got to wrap this up in a second. I got to have you back. Oh, I'm, I'm here. But I always value your mind um, because you, you, you're a profile, you're a very profound thinker. Wow. And I love that you are consistent with operating on principle, mm. purpose, but principle, like you cannot be moved away from your convictions, anything that you are convicted in. Like I look at you and you're one of those entrepreneurs in this space. There's a lot of fluff out there right now. There's a lot of for show out there right now. And there's a lot of people who have not yet grasped the concept of transparency versus show off. Mm. Right. And I love whenever I see you, you're in your lane. You stay in your space of being exactly whoever Marcus Rozier wants to be in that moment. <laughs> yeah. You are him. So if your custom suits, your custom suits. If your sweatsuits, workout suits, whatever that is, you're, you're that. If you got the drip going on, <laughs> you're that. But it's not... It's not influenced by anything but your own convictions, your own desires. Mm -hmm. You spoke about, like, the cars and things like that. I remember you sharing a journey about you posting, I think it was on Facebook, yeah. that you posted this Tesla and you're like, I'm going to own that, yeah. right? Did I say too much by saying the kind of car that you drive? No, you're fine. Couple of Teslas, all right? <laughs> um, you posted the fact that you wanted this Tesla. I think you were standing by somebody else's Tesla. Yeah. And now... You have a few of them. Yeah. You have a few of them, and you, and you had something else, and another something else, and another something else, right? Do you believe that your mindset and your belief is responsible 
Like how much, what percentage of where you are today is belief? 100%. Your life will eventually arrive where your mind frequently visits. Mm. I, that's a quote I always tell people. Your, your life will eventually arrive where, where your mindset visits. Where your mind frequently visits. Okay. So mentally, you should visit the future frequent and often. Mm, mm -mm. Explain that. Yeah, you, you, you have to tour your future mentally mm -hmm. to see what does not. I always believe that you need an and then what process, meaning not making the money the day after and then what. That's visiting the future. Visiting the future is not I'm going to make six figures. It's yeah. and then what. Yeah. Because if, if you don't have a plan for what happens after you make it, then you're not ready for it and don't believe it's going to happen. Mm. I make plans for what happens after the goal happens. Okay. It's an and then what, right? So my mind visits the future. Part of my morning routine, I do creative visualization. That's me creating what I want to see. Mm -hmm. Then I go into meditation. Mm -hmm. Then I go into affirmation. Right. So I visit the future so vividly that if someone looks on my page, I posted and showed I literally used to call it Simple Life 2020 back okay. in 2015 and said I'd be retired and only work in faith and business. Ooh. OK, so your morning routine visualization, you called it something else. Yeah. Creative visual, creative visualization. This That's is you visiting the future. your future in your mind. And so in layman's terms, you guys, that means go and drive the dream car, Yeah. right? Go drive the dream car, have an experience with it so you can lay and have real visual yeah. moments with yourself about experiencing those things. Go by and drive in the neighborhoods, drive through the neighborhoods, yeah. walk through the homes, tour the homes, try on the clothes, Yeah. right? You produce the feeling in your body. Mm -hmm. um, your, your body and those chemicals you feel doesn't know. Mm -hmm. You start convincing your mind, you want to do it so often, I'm trying not to say it the way I'm thinking it, but I'll just say, you want to do it so often and visit it so often in your mind that your reality feels like a lie. You feel, ooh. Like when you open your eyes and don't see it, you don't want when, here's what I, I truly believe. You want to get to a place that we're talking about it frustrates you because you want it that bad. Mm -hmm. like that's where I got to. Where, Should I already had it. Yeah, like you, yeah. where it turns from excitement to talk about it to frustration that you don't have it yet. Mm -hmm. Now you got feelings running through your body about it. You feel and you you want it, you desire it, you picture it, you image it, and now that becomes your reality. The reason yeah. that you're, like, to say one day and you feel nothing, yeah. you haven't produced the feeling in your body and visit the future long enough. You mm -hmm. want it to happen so often that literally you feel like, well, how I'm living that lying on me. I'm bigger than this, better than this. That's the way I live. You heard me talking about uh, my frustration. I found out I was having a girl versus a boy, right? Yes. And you was like, why, why are you let well? Like, First of all, don't slide. No, I'm happy that. now. Congratulations. Baby. I'm happy now, baby. On the baby. The baby I'm is coming. Now. Your boy was pissed my first baby. off. My first, I wanted a boy. So when, bad. When he realized he was having a girl instead of a boy, anger. I think uh, she showed us the video. No, it was bad. It was. It I was, was embarrassed for him. Baby, if you ever see this, daddy didn't mean it. <laughs> but my statement was, I don't lose. I'm, and I said, I've never not gotten what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But I got to trust that God knows me enough to know what I needed. Mm -hmm. So that it was that, right? I've never had a situation where in my head I set out on a mission to get something and it didn't happen. Yeah. And it happens fast. I've yeah. always won, right? So it's that. It's this belief. I've got an undeniable belief that if that if I'm I'm treating people right and doing the right thing, you and I have the same thing. The best possible outcome happens for me in every situation. Mm. 
you know, that's one of the affirmations that's next to my bed. Um, I am believing for the best possible outcome. I am in expectation of the best possible mm. outcome. Like sometimes you're not, you're so unclear in what it is that you're looking for that you can't you can't manifest for a specific thing. Mm. But if you believe for the best possible outcome, it doesn't really matter what that thing is. It's the best possible outcome for 100%. yourself. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm often believing for that. We could go on and on. We got to do part. Like, we're just getting to the part that, like, sends <laughs> chills through my soul, right? <laughs> we're just getting through that part. Before we wrap up, I want to hear about... Um, get, give me the best piece of advice that you have for entrepreneurs. Like we've talked about so much. We talked about the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for giving me a real picture of what it looked like to actually have to, how you had the money to build your business. Yeah. Right. Also, thank you for being a good sport. Cause I called you some names. You did. I called you a procrastinator. few names. Procrastinator. Yeah. Procrastinator. You heard my feelings. I, yeah. I might have, I think. I think maybe, though, it made you better because you know that I see that I think that this is it. <laughs> and it turns out he was just procrastinating when it came to me and our business relationship. No. But I want to know your best piece of advice right now in the climate specifically that we're in in entrepreneurship. What advice would you give to somebody who is really trying to get their business to the next level? Gotcha. Man, I got so many things I can say. I'll say this in, in less than two minutes. We are 100% in a new economy. The number one thing that you have to realize now is in this new economy, you're going to have to have deep empathy. And it's not about you just packaging and selling products. Deep empathy to where you emotionally feel the pains of people so when you communicate to them in marketing or in messaging, they know that you know them better than they know themselves. They know that they're frustrated. They don't know what to do about it. So deep empathy gives you the advantage. You can't be taught this. You have to actually care. Mm. So in the new economy, the best advice I can give is do not be that doctor writing prescriptions for patients you've never seen. Deep, the deepest empathy, this is how you earn the right to be paid. Okay. You earn their money by knowing how to help them better than they know how to help themselves. Pe- so, so that's number one. Okay. Can't teach that, but you got to know. Okay. Don't solve all problems that one. Okay. So number two, you're going to have to have a high level of skill. Someone asked, in a, in a recession, will people stop buying courses and programs, et cetera? I said, no, because the problem still exists. That's like saying people won't go to the dentist. For sure. As long as pain exists, people will buy. The only question is, why will they buy from you? So when people say affirmations over the industry, people ain't buying courses. No, they're not buying yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. So deep empathy makes you add something to your course you would have charged for in order to help people. mm Deep mm. empathy, deep skill makes a business scale. I love it. Something that you know you can charge for that you include into it. This is getting out of the idea of Goodwill products. Nothing against Goodwill. It's where you take the things you don't wear anymore and give them, and give them away. For sure. People are taking the things that they don't want or need on their laptop and giving them away and calling them bonuses. That ain't a bonus. Yeah. Right? So I would say to any entrepreneur, the quickest thing I would tell you to do is interview yourself. Act as if Donnie from the Social Proof Podcast and from Full Transparency, Full Transparency is interviewing you right out the questions of your journey okay donnie asked me how did i get my money for the business yeah somebody else has that same question Mm -hmm. deep empathy lets me visit backwards and now get in front of a camera because i care i'm working for free for people who ain't paid me yet i now share the information 
and I can gift it to build a list or I can sell it, right? So you're going to interview yourself and whatever those questions are, go as deep as you can on the answers and that's going to create products and services to help people. Marcus, I love talking to you. I really do. We have so many of the same philosophies. I think you uh, referenced something earlier as bar thieves on the internet. Thought thieves. Thought thieves. (laughs) That whole last two minutes that you just gave. Mm. I taught him that. (laughs) I taught him that, you guys. I do not still. We practiced it before we started recording, and I told him to finish off with my thoughts, but make it his, right? How'd I do? You did good. Did I I earn like a a one wing lemon pepper fry heart? You got got a hole with collard greens on the side. (laughs) All of that, right? All right, so we got to wrap this thing on up. Marcus, how do we find you? Man. I'm the easiest person in the world to find, whether you're the FBI or a jealous girlfriend, Marcus Y. Roger. Marcus, the letter Y. Stop. Wait a minute. <laughs> Marcus, the letter Y. I'll pop right up. So make sure R-O, Marcus, the letter Y, R-O-S-I-E-R on all platforms. Please, no double S, no double I. It's, fake page is crazy. Yes. Yeah, fake page is crazy. So I'm easy to find. So many free resources that we have. Our entire, everything in Lincoln, our bar, you can't buy anything it's free mm. so our entire we got a social media course it's a course we used to sell five for five thousand dollars we give it away called social media secrets it's free okay. uh, all that stuff is in there yeah. okay i love it thank you so much for being our guest today i will absolutely have you back i need to have you on my podcast you need to have me are we procrastinating no are we talking about what we're about to do or are we getting Look, it done okay I film on either Tuesday or Thursday. Okay. What date? Look at your calendar to see what's available. Okay. What times do you film? I can make it happen for you. Whatever okay. time. Okay. I, I need a good hour and a half because I'm going to ask you everything under the sun. Then I'm going to let you actually coach in the middle of the segment. Okay. Okay. Next Tuesday. Say no more. Okay. All right. Next Tuesday. So you heard it here first, you guys. If you don't see a podcast episode <laughs> drop with me and my former, my, my friend formerly known as King Procrastinator, uh, but we're going to work on it because we're getting better. 100%. And not only are we doing a podcast episode, we're going to do some type of collaboration. 100%. For sure. All right. So this has been my very first episode of Full Transparency. I am super excited. I want to shout out my business partner, David Shans of the Social Proof Podcast, because it is him that has been leaning on me for at least six months now like Donnie start the podcast and I'm like David no I'm not starting the podcast and he's like Donnie start the podcast and I'm like but I don't see why this makes sense like how is it different because we're still doing our social proof thing but today it feels really amazing I feel like uh, I am exactly where I am supposed to be so if I can give you any advice do it like I did it do it unprepared because I didn't come here to do that I didn't come here to do this today do it scared and do it ugly. My name is Donnie Wiggins. You can find me at Donnie Wiggins on Instagram, all over social media. And I will be back with another episode of Full Transparency. <laughs>